Welcome to Project BGR, craft beer and conversation. And did we mention craft beer? The beer guys Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams talk to the makers and creators from the craft beer world and beyond. Now, time for Project BGR with your hosts, Tim and Aaron. Thank you for tuning in to Project BGR. On this episode, we are talking to Asheville, North Carolina's Barrel Beer Company. And Jess Reeser has joined us. Jess is one of the co-owners of the company. Jess, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No, this is really exciting. Uh, so tell us about your craft beer story. How did you get into brewing? Oh, goodness. Well, <laughs> it starts back in Seattle, Washington, um, I would say probably about eight years ago. Um, so Burial is owned by myself, my husband, Doug, and our good friend, Tim. And the three of us um, became friends. So Doug and I knew each other beforehand, but we met Tim probably about, you know, eight years or so ago. And Tim was actually already into craft beer. Um, Doug and I were still kind of slinging those Miller Lights from our college and grad school years. Well, we're Rainier out there, right? Or Olympia or something Um, like that. In Seattle. Yeah, in Seattle, exactly. So you had to drink Rainier or Olympia or oh, Henry uh, Weinhardt. Oh, Rainier. Yes. Yeah, Rainier and Kokanee, too, which is like oh, there you Canadian, go. Yeah. like, towards light. <laughs> That's right. Yes. And um, and kind of from there, um, you know, Tim had, you know, introduced us to things like sour beer and um, the history behind, um, you know, how that beer was made in Belgium. And that was something that, you know, initially intrigued me. And kind of from there, just with us, you know, living in a city that had a lot of craft beer culture already and meeting Tim really led us down the path of, wow, like craft beer is more, or beer, I should say, is more than kind of just the liquid in the bottle or the experiences you might have in that night. It's about, you know, culture and history and art and design and um, relationships and community. And so we kind of went from there, I would say. You know, that's something I don't think a lot of people outside of the craft beer world really get is it's it's not just sitting around drinking beer. You know, it's not just about the yeah. alcohol. There's just so, so much more to it. I mean, one of the reasons we like doing our show is we talk to awesome people about a lot of awesome things. It's There's just a lot of really good people uh, in the community. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, that was um, a driving force for us to actually choose Asheville as a place to open burial. Um, you know, Seattle's an amazing city, um, of course, but you know, there's a lot of people that live there and um, kind of finding that sense of community when you're amongst a metropolitan city is a lot more challenging. Now, were you in Seattle at the time? I thought I'd heard that you moved from New York down here. Is that correct? Or Well, we moved from Seattle to Asheville. I'm from New York City originally. Okay, gotcha. Um, and so it's a little complicated, of course, like so many people. Yeah, exactly. So you moved from Seattle, from the, from the West Coast beer scene, to start a brewery yep. in Asheville, correct? Yep. So Doug, Tim, and I all were living in Seattle, yep. And so three of us decided, I would say two to three years before we actually moved, that we were going to start a brewery and started researching um, what that would look like and where. And Tim um, quit his job at the time and started kind of ground up working at a couple different breweries out there um, and ended up with about three years commercial brewing experience under his belt when we finally moved. Okay. Now, Asheville, of course, has become a craft beer destination, really on par with some of the great beer towns in America. Uh, for those who haven't visited, what's what's the vibe like up there right now? Oh, gosh. I mean, <laughs> I feel like it's a constant conversation between, like, locals. Is You know, Asheville these days, or, like, Asheville is just, like, constantly changing um it's you know looking back 10 years that we weren't even here and people are 
you know, letting me know that Asheville is so different. And we saw it four years ago when we first um, rented the space that we now own in the South Slope, where it wasn't even called the South Slope. It wasn't even the neighborhood. Um, and now it is. And now people are kind of being like, I'm going to go to the Slope tonight. And just the transition of neighborhoods that were not even considered a place of residence and or commercial value are now places that are tourist destinations or kind of local hangouts. And um, to see that transition, even over the course of four years, has been um, great. And Nashville has hung on to that community vibe that we were seeking when we moved here um, and something that is a really important part of our brand and what drives us today. Well, that's, uh, you know, very interesting. I've traveled up there on a few occasions. It's such a great beer town. I mean, you got it is, yeah. you guys are close to several others. It's a walkable. You can enjoy several. Each brewery has its own vibe in that. Absolutely, it's it's yeah. just a lot of fun. So, but I tell you what, since we're talking to you, Jess, I've got one of your beers here in my hand that All I'm right. about to open up. Oh, which one? We have the ceremonial <laughs> session IPA today. So that's that's what we're going to open and. A few questions I have here uh, with this can as I'm looking at the can art and the beer. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about this beer? So Ceremonial Session IPA um, is actually one of the beers we package more often. Um, Burial in general doesn't have kind of quote-unquote flagships or seasonals. Um, So this is one of the beers we package more often than others. Um, Each time it's brewed, um, we feature a different hop. Um, generally you can look on the bottom of the can. So I don't know if you can do that right now. Um, kind of sometimes, unfortunately depends on technology and the machine if the, um, stamper is working well. Um, but we always stamp hashtag whatever hop it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so my can yeah, just says 25 it, on the bottom. It just says a bunch of black lines. Yeah. I can't yeah. see it. Unfortunately. Darn. See, like I said, sometimes <laughs> it's that darn stuff. packaging. It gets you every right. time. I know. I know. So each, each batch mm. we feature a different hop. So we've done um, it's been like Galaxy and Nelson. Um, where the next one up is going to be Eureka. Um, so we, they're not single hop beers um, because we have found that single hop, although great for kind of like experimental purposes, um, for like having a well-rounded um, hop bill um, to really get those notes that you want to complement the malt bill. Um, you really want kind of several different hops involved in that mm-hmm. process yeah, um, but you, featuring one. Yeah, you taste a lot of smash beers and they're very one dimensional, you know, and you exactly. get you get that. Yeah, but, uh, you know, and I think that there there's like a time and a place for those, but as far as kind of like distribution and packaging and um so ceremonial is yes, it's kind of our answer to the hop crisis, which I know like um maybe a lot of craft beer drinkers aren't aware of. It's a very like focused industry thing. Um but to put out an IPA in package and commit to the same recipe is actually incredibly difficult um, because you have to contract out that hop for X amount of, certainly the year, but however many years you want to see that beer into production. And um, the more breweries that are coming um, into the industry, um, there aren't as many farms, hop farms, you know, because it's just the temperate areas that they need to grow, et cetera, the limitations they have. So, the more breweries that come online, the less hops are available. Yeah, we talked to brewers, too. And, of course, you know, a lot recently, this time of the year, in October, they're in Yakima buying yeah. beers for or buying hops for the next couple of years. You know, they're kind yeah, of getting yeah, contracts absolutely. out for the like next two years. So. Oh, for sure. So, like, Ceremonial is kind of our um, answer to both the love of session IPAs. I mean, why, why not 
get like a really amazing flavor with a beer that is only 4%. And the challenge of that, you know, the challenge of using a malt bill that is so slim because, you know, the more malt you put in, the higher the alcohol because it's the sugars and mm-hmm. yeast and the producing of alcohol. So if you're going with a re- really light malt bill, it's really hard to actually like hone in on those session beers, whether it's an IPA or what have you, um, because flavor comes from malt inherently. Yeah. And it's got a um, nice, nice mouthfeel to it as well. You know, for 4%, yeah, it's got to get a nice little body to it. Um, so that, that's ceremonial and we love it. So it's kind of the ceremony of the session of just kind of having a beer and sitting around and hanging out. Project BGR will be back after this. Hey, this is Aaron. I want to thank you so much for listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We've got some really awesome things that are coming soon that will help us engage with you some more. We're not going to lie to you, though. It takes time, effort, and money to produce this show every week. So if you'd like to be part of the Beer Guys family, we would love your help. Head to patreon.com slash beerguys to become a sponsor. We're not going to beg. Okay, maybe just a little bit. But hey, we've got some great swag for those who become a sponsor, and you'll be among the first to know about the great things that are coming to the Beer Guys universe. Again, that's patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash beerguys, or you can go to beerguysradio.com and click the sponsor link. We thank you for your support, and cheers. You're listening to Project BGR on the Beer Guys Radio Network, beerguysradio.com. Now, the can art on this one, Jess, is extremely interesting, and and I know most of your art is, so can you tell us a little bit about the name of your brewery, where that came from, and the inspiration for your your art and names here? Absolutely. Um, So Burial Beer Co., um, the name itself spawned from... To be honest, a brainstorming session. And we were basically like, Burial Beer Co. Well, that sounds catchy, but, you know, that was probably like three to four years before we actually opened. And, you know, for us, it's it can't be, it needs to be more than just a name. It needs to be like a basis for inspiration, for our core values, for why we make decisions and kind of our trajectory. And so, where we find inspiration in Burial Beer Co. and how our brand has evolved um, has been, you know, Doug and I actually lived in New Orleans for a while. Um, And New Orleans, they have jazz funerals. And so a jazz funeral is where somebody does pass away and and they go out to the streets and they parade and they celebrate and they play music and they celebrate that person's life instead of mourning their death. And that was something that we took away from New Orleans culture, both jazz and and just kind of in general. Um, and what we attribute to burial is that burial is, is part of celebrating what was once, whether that's somebody's life, whether that's a past season or history or an art form that has evolved on. Um, and so we really look at it as an inspiration for the present and for the future and a celebration of all the cyclical aspects of those various um, forms. That's I'd never so, heard of those jazz funerals until I was in New Orleans one time and uh, was walking around and I hear a, a jazz band playing and marching down the street and at the front they had a coffin on wheels and, and a lady was in the coffin just totally dressed up 
and they were pushing her down, and behind her was uh, the band, and behind them was a large group of, of people, friends I found out later. And yeah, uh, yeah. I'm like, what is this? They're like, it's a funeral. I'm like, what? Yep. So they said, yeah, they celebrate here. You know, it's, uh, you know, celebrating the person's life through this. I'm like, that is the most interesting thing. So Exactly. And so that was like something that, sure, we came up with the name first and we wanted, you know, I wasn't sold on it right away. And I don't think any, you know, Doug, Tim and I don't think any of us were because, you know, we didn't want to, if you're a quote unquote, like themed yeah. If burial becomes a theme, then what is that? Is it death? Is it zombies? Is it vampires? Because like, certainly that's not something that resonates with us or something that will inspire us for 5, 10, 15, 20 years to come. Um, so kind of thinking about burial as it relates to that and then going forward, you know, it, it really has just like taken on such a like vibrant life form in its brand that is really meaningful and inspirational to us um, on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, once we started canning um, and packaging, so David Paul Seymour is the artist behind our cans, and he is someone that is um, an integral part, certainly, at this juncture of bringing those beers to life, like that, giving each beer that's in package, like, its own identity but also relating it back to our brand and who we are and our values. Um, he's an artist. He's based out of Minnesota. And he, before we met him, he, and still does, certainly, um, focused mainly on, as you can imagine, like rock and roll, um, metal posters and album covers. Yeah, it kind of and, reminded me of those old school, like, uh, 70s posters yeah. The woodcut kind of, you know, almost like the Grateful Dead type of posters they got oh, in San Francisco. Brewery. Yeah. Your brewery has that vibe Love it. when yeah, you feel to it. Like, so. um, I feel like his style is kind of like psychedelic meat, metal meets um, like tattoo um, flair. Yeah. Um, and so um, Tim actually found him, you know, on Instagram, as I feel like so many relationships yeah. happen. I say everyone meets these online these days. Anymore. That's right. <laughs> And, uh, you know, again, we, like, resonated with him and um, kind of talked to him about our brand for a long time and um, came up with the light side, dark side. So each can has a two-sided, like, full illustrated, two illustrations from David Paul Seymour on each can. And so that comes with the light side and dark side. So ceremonial you have in your hands. So you look at the light side, which is a picture of this, like, beautiful woman and there's butterflies, and um, I believe she has, you know, like the kind of like peace pipe tomahawk thing in her, maybe not even in her hands. I mean, again, he kind of like stylistically makes things come together without making sense in a way. And a three-eyed horse with a bone in his nose. Yeah, horse. So there you go. So then on the dark side, you have this, you know, um, more aggressive, you know, he's a a big grizzly bear, and, um, you know, there are like maybe like some, some more just like, death and more ominous notes on that side. And so every single can focuses on that same situation of like light and dark. And that plays on our name, the juxtaposition that we propose where burial is inherently morbid, obviously, but really what we're doing is celebrating life through the cyclical nature of everything that we do on a daily basis, on a life basis. Um, And so David has really honed in on that, um, pretty much like abstract notion about our brand that um, and has done such an amazing job with it. 
Well, it's funny, Jess. Uh, we talk so much about what's actually in the can. We don't kind of stop to think about what's outside of the can some days. And, and that's that's a really cool explanation of your brand and, and how you market yeah. that. That's, re- that's really interesting. I love things that yeah. have a story. Exactly. That it just, you know, just, just didn't like, happen. We, so. we like the art. We just stuck it on there. We just put it on it there. So good. some shapes and colors <laughs> and boom. So. So, so, hey, speaking of your beer, by the way, uh, you know, you use a lot of local experimentation with your beers. You know, you're looking on, on some of the craft uh, that you've made. is like You're using ingredients like pawpaw and things like that. How important is oh, is it to kind of keep keep local? <laughs> Sorry, that's it. How important though is it for you to keep local and kind of use that local uh, flavor in your beers? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's incredibly important. I think that you know, it, it speaks to our brand. Um, you know, from again that kind of like cyclical nature, that community standpoint, um, is it's all about you know being inspired in the moment and relating it back to just the progression of, of the seasons and, and of our, our brand in general. I mean, like we're kind of ever evolving. And um, so it is, it's like, we, that's what we don't have seasonals in the, we brew this beer in this month and that beer in this month. And we just um, personally, that that hasn't been the route that we've taken. Um, So what, inspires us is that that local like truly seasonal so for example right now we have on our first miracle saison and, and to us that's our fall saison um because it's brewed with tempranillo grapes from a local vineyard and that was what was available in fall um or our kind of i guess seasonal october beer if you will is um sweet potatoes because that's what's available now you know so um it's it's less about kind of market fads and more about actually like what is seasonal to us to the to the environment here in North Carolina so pawpaws yeah we just collaborated with Fontaflora and we had to process a bunch of pawpaws and they are not fun let me tell you <laughs> That's why we don't so, eat them a lot. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah, now don't just mention them ever again. Okay. <laughs> don't do that. No more talk of the pawpaws. So, now just speaking of your beer, you have a few that uh, that that I've enjoyed. So, I'm a saison fan, and I was up there recently, and you had a miso saison on uh, yeah. at the time. So, and that was something that in my group it was debated on who enjoyed mm-hmm. it and who didn't. Very unique. I liked it. I thought the you know kind of savory, funky note that it added to it was nice. Uh, I guess one that's probably the best known of your beers, uh, Skillet Donut Stout. Yep. Yes. And uh, and if you come there, you actually get a donut hole with the beer, you correct? Do. Yes, so yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, Vortex Donuts is right around the corner. Um, so whenever we have Skillet on tap at the tap room, and this started in the very beginning, Skillet was um, one of the first beers we had on tap when we were a one barrel brewery. Um, and we have Ever since that first very day, I've served it with um, a donut hole. Nice. Nice. Now, yeah. um, you uh, are opening up a second location in the Biltmore Village, and it's going to be pretty big. Two acres, six buildings, yeah. looking to open sometime in 2017. You guys ready for that? We are ready. We're actually, um, so we, so the property itself, we've coined the Forestry Camp because of its history, um, which relates um, a lot back to burial and what inspires us um it was built in the early 1900s and owned by the u.s government um through the great depression and um is part of fdr's new deal program called the civilian conservation corp um so the ccc set up camps all over the country during the great depression and kind of um trained young men in from their region 
to work on various national forests. So, um, you know, here at this site, young men were on this site building signs, doing kind of um, mechanical work, testing pesticides, sadly, but we're all good environmentally. <laughs> and, um, and you know, doing all the things needed to build the Blue Ridge Parkway, then getting a stipend from the government, and then sending percentage of that back to their homes who were, you know, their families suffering from the Great Depression. So um, the government owned it up until about the 80s when the church bought it. Um, and from there, it I mean, since the CCC um, era, it really has laid dormant from a public use standpoint. So we are thrilled to be able to come in and revitalize that property and, um, you know, open it up to the public again. So we should be, you know, we're brewing next week on that um, system. Okay, So cool. we basically did a phase one. So phase one is, the building for the brew house, um, and then offices and storage, which are boring, I know, but really exciting for us. You got to do it. Yeah. Exactly. You got to be there. Some nice office space is always a, oh, a good, good thing, right? That's yeah. right. <laughs> now, uh, Jess, I know that uh, you guys, of course, are in Asheville, and I know you come to Atlanta now, just yeah, recently, actually. had a, had some lodge parties and that. Do you we distribute do. anywhere else at this time? Um, so we're going to be officially, officially launching um, Atlanta the week of Halloween. So starting on the 31st, mm-hmm. it'll be um, Brickstore on 31st and Porter on November 1st, RBC November 2nd, and kind of from there. And we have, we're basically launching like kind of like neighborhood by neighborhood throughout okay. that week. Um, so there'll be definitely more information on all of those kind of events and retailers that are involved. And then you'll definitely be seeing our beer kind of more or less on the regular, but um in limited amounts, and from there, we're doing South Carolina. Okay. Um, expanding some accounts in North Carolina, of course, um, and then we're going to kind of see how that goes. I mean, we um, believe in growth, but for us, um, we plan on capping it and have a very distinct kind of place for our brand and yeah. where we want to stop growing because, um, you know, for us and our goals and why Doug, Tim, and I started this brewery is because we want to have relationships and be inspired and um, start to invest within, you know, in our people and our equipment and our quality um, and just ensure that that's kind of where our focus is for kind of the duration, I would say. Awesome. Jess Reeser, uh, co-owner of Burial Beer up in Asheville, North Carolina. Thanks so much for joining us today. Appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much, guys. We're so excited to be in the Atlanta market. It's just been so heartwarming and amazing to see our our beer in great places in Atlanta and everyone's been so supportive so thank you you're welcome looking forward to it you're listening to Project BGR I'm Aaron Williams I'm Tim Dennis we'll talk to you next week want more craft beer conversation go to iTunes Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to Project BGR Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams talk to makers and creators from the craft beer world and beyond That's Project BGR, wherever you get your podcasts. Details at beerguysradio.com.